This is the World Sportsbook Competition Podcast, brought to you by Avantage Entertainment. Hello and welcome back to the WSBC Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Eldon. Today I'm joined by Sudden Perks. How are you doing, guys? Yeah, not bad. Good. Not too good bad. to be back. Pretty good. It is. Good to be back on camera. Finally. Finally. It's done. <laughs> it's over. Yeah. It's, it's over. over. Mate, it's finished. It like Finally there. The rings. <laughs> well, it, it's been as long a journey, to be honest. Yeah. It's gone on for quite some time. Unfortunately, you must be though. Delighted. I was going to say, unfortunately, though, we'll probably hear about it a lot in the next seven or eight weeks. So it's not quite done for everyone else. Everyone's going to be hearing about it. So mathematically, it's done, and that, it's that's all I care about. Done, but right. there's going to be a lot of uh, you know talk in the next few weeks, isn't there? So well. As the guys have alluded to, we are here to discuss, obviously, the biggest news from last night. Uh, after City failed to get their win against Chelsea, Liverpool were crowned Premier League champions. That feels so nice to say. For the first time in 30 years. And uh, I finally He's even win. got his shirt on well, to yeah. celebrate. I've got to keep it, keep it real. I, I, yeah. This is the first time in my lifetime I've actually seen us win the league. And I know fans out there, they've had it much worse supporting other clubs. <laughs> Don't get me yeah. wrong, but finally. <laughs> oh, I feel yeah. so relieved. It's, it's a weird I thing. Guess it's, uh, I guess it's... I agree, obviously, there is, there's, you know, there's fans of clubs that like haven't even ever been in the Premier League and stuff like that, but I guess considering the size of the club, it's obviously one of them things where it's like, it's, it's ridiculous that you haven't won the league, really, in 30 years, isn't it? Yeah, it's the, Like, it's, you know, so... Yeah. I guess it's, I don't know what would it be the equivalent of like Real Madrid or Barcelona or something not winning the league for like thirty years from now or something like. I mean that probably wouldn't be far well, they off. Been would in their heyday, we're talking about yeah. the, the Liverpool teams of old to what they became, and and obviously now it's been a long way back mm. to to reestablish themselves. But uh, let's be clear, there was only one winner this season right from the very beginning. No one even came close. True. So much deserved. Congratulations to everyone involved and can see the smile you can't get it off you <laughs> i know yeah hey i can't but you know what the weird feeling is when obviously when it was confirmed last night obviously you're celebrating and i was just like it's such a weird feeling because i've known it since like feb yeah, yeah. like you know it's, yeah. but now it's finally here it's just that moment where you're like ah oh, you know covid hasn't stopped us winning the title which you know came close to doing by all accounts. So yeah, just null and void did season. not happen. No, <laughs> however, I must admit, I think now would be a good time to um, null and void the Champions League. <laughs> I, I, nah, I mean, definitely not. The the I competition, you know, has been brought into disrepute now. You know, it's it's not the same as it was. So <laughs> I can't wait till uh, previous you know winners retain. Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. I can't wait for August, right? Um, say if City did win it or whatever. I can't wait for the same fans. That were saying like, oh, characters say like, oh, it's an asterisk now, not a real Champions League win, and all this. It's like, well, it is, isn't it? Let's be honest. Mate, it's every, not fan, every fan's <laughs> going to use anything they can against the other. Oh fan yeah, base, of course they are. Which we've already seen on Twitter. Oh no, some of the I've got to be honest, some are funny. Like I, I will say, like they're so ridiculous, they're just funny. Some of the comments you see. Mm. So. <laughs> I prefer it when they're intentionally funny, though, not ironically funny. Like, I, I mean, I, I struggled to read through some of them last night. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, some were cringy, and some were so bad. I mean, it's just like, come on. Yeah. Talking about like VAR and like bribing the officials, and it's just like, come on, let's yeah, not apparently be. Apparently, we bribed. He's, the he's getting silly now. Yeah, it's like, you know, I'm all for like, you know, a bit of banter and all that between fans, but 
when you are single it's ridiculous so you think that's a thing in it really it was to be expected though you know yeah first title in 30 years and with the way the season's been stop start a little bit fans will pick up on anything to say oh you didn't deserve it or yada yada yeah. I mean, what is it 28 wins out of 31 game <laughs> yeah i mean it's, pretty, it's ridiculous I, really madness. You know? I mean, it's I mean, like even uh, even City in 1718. Had, I mean, City in 1718 had a ridiculous. What did they win? Like 33 games overall in the end. 32. I think it was 32. We won out of 38. But Liverpool have got a chance to match it or beat it. Yeah. So I do. That's wonder, how ridiculous though, that is. I do wonder now how the team will be. I imagine they'll still obviously have similar intensity. But how do you think that switch game is going to go? Well, the Liverpool players gonna be might be hungover. Because yeah. I'm going to say, I, I assume the City players will be really fired up for that game. I can't imagine them being like, oh, we don't care. Like, they'll want to be like, they'll want to show like, we, you know, we're not going to let like hand it to you next season. Mm. If you know what I mean, aren't they? I assume. Like, Lay down what do you think about the guard of honour? Oh, well, I, I, it'd be ridiculous if they didn't do it because it's everyone's done it since. Although, has everyone done it? Has there been times where teams have refused to do it? I don't remember teams. Well, I'm no, pretty I'm sure everyone's done it, haven't they? That has to do it. Pretty sure. So, I'm pretty sure. Didn't Pep even say he was going to do it last night? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he said that. Or he was. Ta- one of the questions from a journalist was about that, and he said, "Like, yeah, we'll do it." Obviously, but the problem is that they're saying they might not be able to do it because of safety. Isn't it? That's what I heard. Something about the Premier League mm. are like, "Oh, social distancing." So we're not sure if we can do the guard of honor. It's like, well, surely you can just do it, space it out more. I mean, yeah, just like, stand a little bit further just stand apart. A bit it's not away. I mean, it's still it? like, you know. Yeah. I think it probably will happen. I think I don't think any city player or um, I don't think any normal. To be honest, I saw a lot of comments, and uh, most city fans were saying you've kind of got to do it. Like, there's no, you know, you don't. It's not something you like doing, but it's just a respect thing. Isn't it? It's tradition, isn't it? Now, yeah. I mean, so, I would hate doing it. If I was a player, it. I would hate to do that. Yeah, but that you yeah, should that, use that, that as motivation. It's motivation. I yeah. think they will. I think City will... And I think Pep will be saying that to them, like, use this as motivation. And to be honest, season. I'm pretty sure there's been bigger rivalries in the past that have had to yeah. do a guard of honour for each other. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It's probably just because, obviously, the City-Liverpool rivalry over the last three years has ramped up, hasn't it, I guess? Mm. More What a strange rivalry, by the way. <laughs> a rivalry where last year, it, what was yeah. it, 98-97 in yeah. points? That is absolutely yeah. ridiculous. What... What even is that? It's always going to arise when you've got, let's be honest, I mean, I don't think it's controversial to say the two best teams in the league, is it really? I don't think that's a controversial statement. Well, I don't know. There'll <laughs> really, be someone out there saying, no, no. Probably that'll say like <laughs> Arsenal are up there or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> I think that's pretty obvious. The last three seasons, the best two teams by a mile have been City and Liverpool. Now, it might be different next season because obviously City have took a bit of a drop this season, but I'd still say, you know, you're going into next season, who are you looking at for the title? I, there's not going to be many pundits that don't say either City or Liverpool is there, I don't think. No, they're the safe bet. You know. So You, I mean, you just wouldn't do it though, would you? You wouldn't say anybody else. You can talk about no. how promising Chelsea will look with their new signings and what mm. they've got to build on this season. We know how well United have, have done in the last few months if you if you factor out the break and just look at the form. There's going to be teams who are pushing you, but at the end of the day, you guys are the benchmark. It's it's been that way for for a couple of years now. There's no reason it should change. I don't imagine City or Liverpool standing still and allowing teams to catch them up. So I'm I'm looking forward to it already. Well, I'm I'm quite excited for this season to be done and the next one to begin. Yeah. Well I've got to say, I mean, if if last night didn't I mean, I guess we'll go into the game a little bit, but if last night didn't show that City need defensive signers, I don't know what will. 
<laughs> to be perfectly honest. You've known all season, so, though. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, yeah, you knew just... you knew before last season finished what the problems were going to be. Company would leave. You, your fullbacks, you, you, especially the left side, you yeah. couldn't trust. And this whole season, it's plagued you. No, was... absolutely. And <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll go. Should we just go into it now? That horrific mistake. Because uh... well, Mendy. <laughs> some would say. Yeah, some I mean, would say was... a nice bit of karma there. Yeah. After the well, because of his oh, because he did that celebration Champions League when he was going like that <laughs> to Liverpool. Yeah, I think Mendy's a bit of a troll, though, isn't he? He's a bit of a social media troll, anyway. Yeah, but, uh... to be honest, it didn't so particularly just... bother me when no. I seen it. It was one of them, like, uh... and then when you win the second leg anyway, you kind of forget, don't you? It's like, oh, yeah, we yeah. got through anyway. So, but uh, yeah, there was that spread about him in the, on the city website saying that uh, he was back and this is my time <laughs> and stuff wow. like that, and. Uh, it certainly was his time, wasn't it? Without mistake. I mean, I've actually seen. See, you you guys know that I'm not the biggest Gundogan fan, right? Mm. Like, I've, I've it, you know, I'm skeptical about him in that number. Yeah, in that number eight role, especially, I'm very skeptical. In the number six role, you know, he does well there, but in the number eight role, I'm very skeptical. But I actually saw some like Gundogan haters trying to blame him for that, and I'm like, you, if you think that's Gundogan's fault, you don't know anything about football, because if you actually watch Gundogan, even like points his hand and says, "Go away," like I've got it. And Mendy keeps running towards the ball. It's like, what are you doing? Just it was. Oh, it's just it's so frustrating to see. And the, the, what made it worse is he makes the initial mistake, and then he w- makes an even worse mistake by diving in to try and get Pulisic. Like, what are you doing? Just hold him off. Yeah, he's got was, the pace. Uh, he probably have the pace. To, that was you know, really poor. Really poor. A little bit. You only realise how bad that uh, was when you saw the zoomed out from the touchline camera angle where you see the three City players. I'm not... Was mm. it De Bruyne, the third one, coming back to help? Yeah, Gundogan was obviously there as well. If Mendy keeps running him on the diag down towards the corner, I I mean, there's no goal. It's impossible. No, because Gundogan had to cover the middle. De Bruyne would probably cover the other side, get round to... So it's like, at the very least, you you know, maybe it still ends up being a goal because someone runs from deep, but at least you're preventing it. Initially, from being like, he was like, on his own. Like no one's running yeah. from deep. The only one running from deep is De Bruyne to come and help. But wasn't it from a? Oh, I can't remember exactly. Was it from a corner or a set piece that was a bad set piece? Or corner wasn't it? It wasn't came it? back out. I think yeah, it was a bad corner. Yeah, and then it like it just kind of bibble bobbled everywhere, didn't it? In the bottom, and then it kind of came out to to. Uh, well, it didn't even come out to Pulisic, did it? He, he was he was nowhere near the ball originally. I mean, Mendy literally what should have happened in. is <laughs> Mendy should have should have gone should have listened to what Gundogan said and gone to the left. And good no one could have just passed it to him and set up another attack. Pointed to the ball, and then Gundogan was probably thinking, "What are you doing?" Like, uh, it's just—it was strange to me because Gundogan had the momentum in terms of moving forward yeah. on the pitch to come and receive the ball. Mendy was running backwards across mm. towards Gundogan, and you think, like, a bit of common sense there, pitch geography, mm. understand what's going on, back off a little bit. Gundogan receives the ball, five-yard pass. Mendy picks it up. It's and just not even forward. a yeah just a moment of madness but it comes back yeah. to it again for whether it's injury proneness whether it's a lack of concentration you can't trust him mm. we know how good no. he was at Monaco no. we know how much of an impact he made when he first signed for City now we're a couple of years on well, and um, it's a liability it's funny as well because uh, did you did you see it pan to like Guardiola on the touchline when it happened and he just like had a face as if to say what like, he didn't shake his head, but he may as well have done because it's like, yeah. you know, you can do all this thing about like, put the everyone goes, oh, it's the coach's responsibility. But at the end of the day, what are you supposed to do as a coach when a player does that? What can you do? I mean, apart from <laughs> replace them in the summer, maybe. Yeah, replace <laughs> the player. You can do, yeah. 
But like when you put a player on the pitch, you just don't expect a player of his, you know, reputation and caliber. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, how much did he cost? Fifty-two million or something? Was it fifty million pounds? I, thought was, I know yeah, he's had his injury. 50. He's clearly had a lot of injury problems. No one's doubting that. But you know, he, it's annoying because in the first two games, he wasn't really tested defensively. So I think we were lured into a bit of a false insecurity, thinking, "Oh, Mendy's back." So the Lad, that's happened for years Mendy. with City. Yeah. yeah, everyone's been lured into this um, false, false security about the defense, yeah. like going yeah. back two years anyway, because people could mm. not attack you because they couldn't get the ball. So when they when yeah. they were able to attack, you did see the flaws, and usually it was highlighted more in Champions League, but now it's like spread into mm. the league this year. I will say as well that Pep Guardiola, Pep Guardiola as a coach doesn't have many flaws, but one of the flaws that I've noticed, well, not just the first time at City, but you notice it more when it's your team being managed under him, is you know, we we are very easy teams to get counterattacked against. If you've got if you've got the right players to counterattack, you know, uh, if I you've would, got like a Liverpool front three or even Chelsea's though, front three, you know, that's if you can avoid the first uh, attempted tackle and stop at the counter. Because you even seen yeah. it with the second yeah, yeah, goal course, yesterday. Yeah. Um, the second goal when it was leading to the penalty, William running down the line mm. and De Bruyne literally tried grabbing him, didn't he, to do the tactical yeah, yeah. foul, yeah. but he missed. Which then left yeah. you more, more exposed because he lost the uh, momentum yeah. trying to do that. So if you can avoid that, you that's... are easy to counter against. Yeah, you've got the first press, against... you've got the counter press, then you've got the tactical foul if that doesn't come off. And then mm. outside of that, it's, we, we say that like it's like it's a flipping thing, like it's yeah. an easy thing to do. City are one of the oh, best no, no. in the world at yeah. the counter press, just, just as Liverpool are these days. It, mm. it, it's highlighted more when you've got players making non-footballing errors because last night Mendy's just made an error of concentration a, a lack of common sense and understanding of the situation for me but when, mm. when you're at it when you're firing you're not getting mistakes like that and you don't suffer as many counter-attacks there's games where you don't even have more than one shot against you mm. so when it's good it's good but when it's bad it's exposed quite badly can I just, just say as well that... that game yeah. last night I actually thought it was really good I mean, I know oh, I, I wasn't a neutral, I mean, essentially, yeah. but I thought it was Even a really good game. Even I've got to say that, I've got to this point with the result, that it's definitely the best game since the lockdown, for me. Because it was like, I, mean, oh, yeah, I don't think there's been many games really, even on that level, really, in terms of intensity, in terms of, you know, for a game behind closed doors as well, there was a lot of intensity. And you mm. can imagine if there was fans in the stadium, it would have been even better, really, that sort of game. It was, I mean, it was a lot, a lot of at stake, times... though. There's a lot at stake yeah, for was. Chelsea, and you didn't want to, obviously, be the no, team that handed Liverpool up, the title. I actually... I, I saw... <laughs> it really annoyed me, actually. And I know it's like, you shouldn't take notice of personalities, internet personalities, but... I saw Mark Goldbridge do a tweet saying, like, oh, City deserved this ban because they gave up last night. And I was like, were you watching the same game I was watching? There's no way City gave up in that game. What was he talking about? Like, like, I and I know I he's probably know. annoyed. I wouldn't say, like, oh, I wouldn't have him, doesn't it? Like up. Chelsea winning, but that's an absolutely ridiculous statement to make. There's no, there's no City player on that pitch where I thought, oh, they're not trying to win the game or they give up. All right, maybe when they got the player sent off, it's understandable to be deflated, you know. But before that, I thought City could have easily won the game. To be honest with you, to be honest, the way I see, so it, could Chelsea. So I, I can't yeah. ever see a player under Klopp and. Guardiola giving up no no I on agree. the pitch and it just you know not know. under them two managers because they know they'd be out the door <laughs> yeah, yeah the moral like, of the story here Sud, is don't pay too much attention to what Mark Goldbridge says pretty much hey sometimes but, he does have no, some good points in, sometimes no he, he does is, have good points sometimes he does. yeah like 
I, I, to be fair, I, I, I quite like Mark Gorbachev's content in general, to be honest, because I think he's, for, you know, he's a pretty level-headed United fan most of the time, but I just he just does make silly comments. I guess all level football fans do, but... Well, in terms of, like, he's not he's not like a fanboy in terms... He will say things when, like, his club are doing bad. You know what I mean? He's not one of these apologists that, like, pretends that, you know, everything's rosy all the time, you know? Hmm. Would you I, agree with that, Al? Like, he's pretty. Like, he does criticize his own club as well. Like, he's not just. Yeah, to be fair, I think yeah. uh, I've seen a lot of times where so, he does have level-headed comments, and then other times where he yeah. doesn't. But at the end of the day, like any football fan, I guess. But he he, like, he needs controversial stuff anyway because yeah, I know, you know I get that's that. what he relies on. But, you know, um, getting debate going. So I can't really blame yeah. him too much. I uh, I actually thought, to be honest, before before the red card, we could have easily won the game. I mean, still, you know, we had that obviously magnificent free kick. De Bruyne. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, that was such a good free kick. So good. <laughs> it was like, uh, I said in commentary, it was like one of them old David Luiz free kicks, wasn't it? Like dips up and down. Mm, goes in the good. corner. That should um, never have been coined, the David Luiz free kick, by the way. Know, How many of them did he point. actually score? Yeah. Like one. So. Let's be honest. <laughs> in his whole career, but it was a great free kick, to be fair. I mean, it's, it, you know, it brought us Because I actually thought De Bruyne had a poor game, to be honest with you. Apart didn't, from that, he wasn't uh, really in the game. Didn't used to do that before David Luiz? Yeah, and I'm sure yeah, Drogba scored did, more yeah. than Luis. Oh yeah, he will have done. I think he scored quite a few free kicks, Drogba, didn't he? From that, from that sort of angle, actually, that for the, from a similar sort of position to De Bruyne, actually, he scored a lot from that sort of position. But yeah, I thought uh, it was it was De Bruyne's moment of class in the game because really he didn't. He had a poor game, to be honest with you, for his standards. Mm. You know, a lot. Some of his passes went astray. I don't know. He just looked a bit. I don't know if he's a bit fatigued or something because of like the three games in eight days thing. Even though actually he didn't start the he game. Didn't, no, he only uh, played a little bit of the Burnley Yeah, game. he only played half an hour against Burnley. But, but to um, be fair, he, again, though, you say he was poor, but that moment of magic, that was the catalyst oh, yeah. because before that, I thought you, yeah. you were okay. But after that goal went in, you, you really ramped it up and put the pressure on. It was coming on, that obviously. goal, though, I think, because Sterling the second well half... Uh, hitting yeah. the post. He did it. But I, I don't know. I think, this, I think you've got to say, though, Perth, I think... The second half, the start of the second half, City looked more on it. They just looked like they were going to create more chances. And yeah, I agree. The free kick definitely was the catalyst. But we created quite a few decent chances. And obviously Sterling hitting the post. But but to be fair, Chelsea also created loads of chances as well on the break a lot of the time. So I, th- I was actually um, it was watching even, it. You know, pretty my, even game overall. Watching it with my girlfriend, who's obviously a season yeah. ticket all at sea. But I was yeah. saying to her, like, it felt every time either side got inside the box or just on the edge of the box that the other team were in danger <laughs> i don't know yeah, why it, just it, it really great. was a basketball game like yeah. with the pace going forward and the threat on the on either break it was mm. i think that's what the sud was alluding to before it was the most enjoyable game since lockdown both teams were committed it had intensity which we'd lacked horribly in some of the games mm. and then you also had some quality as well with a little bit of unfortunate sterling with the post chelsea with the goal line or City with the goal line clearances, yeah. the Carl Walker one. Yep. How Abraham doesn't score after that, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it was it was a game that pretty much had a little bit of everything. It was nice to see because we've we've lacked it horribly. Mm-hmm. I, I mean agree. that. I mean the second goal as well. Like, uh, it's just I just tattled. <laughs> I wasn't even angry with the second goal. I just kind of sighed and went. Oh. You just think what? That's what, when I knew. How's that happened? Like it was over. <laughs> I mean, I love you know I I love Fernand, you know, I think he's been absolutely brilliant for City. And he, you know, when he, he's obviously he's going to be here another year because since he got that contract extension, which is good. I'm glad because it's good to have a player like that around. But I don't envisage him playing much next season, to be honest with you. Not just because that mistake. I just mean I, I think we'll end up signing a centre. That's it. Sud's done. He handballed it. He's over. 
<laughs> finish. No, I finish. No, no, I just, I just don't think Fernandinho. <laughs> no, I love Fernandinho. Fernandinho has been one of my favourite players um, since he's arrived at City. Uh, but I do think that he, he is beginning to show his age now. But like, just, just in the game as well, he just, I don't know, he just looks a bit, just a bit slow and a bit. The whole defence looks a bit slow to me, which is really with, weird. But... I would argue though. With players who are older, they're going to take more time to get up to yeah. speed after such a break. Yeah, no, I'd agree. Yeah, I agree with that. I just think next season, I, I think Fernandinho will, he will still play games, but I just think he'll have a lesser role next season on the pitch. Mm. More of a role off the pitch. I just think if we want to be trying to win the title next season, I'm not saying he can't play in some games, but you can't be playing Fernandinho in a massive game where it's like, like that, where you've got pacey attackers against you. I just don't think it's going to work next season. He's going to be a year older as well. I don't know. I mean, that mistake as well. I don't, I don't know why he did that. He didn't need to handball it. It, it looked weird. to me like, instinctive. Like it, it was, was instinctive, I think. Yeah. So, I think spur of the moment. Like, just it happened. He could have just chested it or needed it or something. Like Abraham wasn't getting to the ball. He was already kind of past it. I don't when think Fernandinho... he could have chested it. <laughs> no. Maybe not chested it. No, but he could have. Abraham was already off balance, and I don't think he was getting the ball. If you know what I mean, I think he was already off balance. I don't think Fernandinho's arm got the ball away from him, if you know what I mean. I think it was already away from him. Mm. But like you said, it was an instinctive thing just to go and hope to get away with it. But you're never going to get away with that with, camp, with VAR these days. And it's a clear red card. I mean, it's the most blatant handball. Do you know what, though? I must admit, in real time, I didn't even notice. I just assumed that he managed to get his knee there yeah. or something, or part of his body. Well, it was crazy, wasn't it? I couldn't believe that it. it was just a second goal mouth scramble that hadn't apparently. It was weird. I just yeah, defending for your It was lives. as if it was going to be some fate where we were going to get a late goal or something because it was just you know one of them games where it's like how have you managed to mm. possibly get away with this? But no. But obviously the... that goal then handed essentially Liverpool the title, yeah. even though yeah, pretty much won a while back. But yeah, it was one. I want to touch on long time ago. Like when you think about. Going back now, how Liverpool have got to this moment mm. under Klopp. That yeah. is a crazy transformation. It was only, I think Klopp yeah. came in halfway through, what was it? The 2015, wasn't it? 20, oh, I think was it 2015-2016 season? Yeah, it was October 2015 because Rodgers got sacked when you were, weren't you 10 for something? Yeah, we, we just drawn with Everton away in the derby Yeah, he got sacked. Yeah. I remember though, what was it? Like four months prior and Liverpool got beat 6-1 to Stoke? Gerard's last game, mm. and I last was actually was sat in a pub with Perks that night, yeah. discussing it with you. And there was yeah. um, obviously rumours Liverpool. I think there were rumours back then that Klopp, you know, Liverpool might sack mm. Rogers after this, try and bring Klopp. And I remember saying to Perks, "It just won't happen. Why would he want to mm. come to us? That that job is massive in trying to transform Liverpool around." And how wrong I was, and how glad I am that I was wrong because without him, there's no way yeah. this happens. It is funny because you you think about things like that and you think, um, what a, I mean, that's the best decision they've ever made. 100%. Sacking Rodgers. Because they could have easily kept him, let's be honest. Like, they could have easily gone, ah, we'll give Rodgers, you know, a few more months. Mm. You know, because they, they probably... Did. That's what they did to the point they sacked him. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they could have even given him more time. They could have gone, ah, well, we'll wait till after, you know, let's just give it, you know, a little bit longer. But they didn't. They... Because I, I actually do remember some pundits saying that, oh, they've been a bit ruthless here and stuff like that. So I don't think it was 100% a universal thing. That everyone loved the fact that Rodgers got sacked because, you know, you've always got them pundits where you've got, the managers have got friends in the media, aren't they? Like with oh, there's probably mm. some friends of Brendan that were like, oh, I should I would say people like that, but... 
might have been under the opinion like it might have been harsh to sack Rogers now. Why not do it yeah. in the summer? But at the end of the day, yeah. when it, when the caliber of manager of Jurgen Klopp comes up and you can actually get him, oh yeah, I mean it's such an upgrade do it, it, as well. And Rogers is a good manager in his own right. To be fair, he's proven that. Well, he's with proved Leicester, that, hasn't he, at Leicester? And he proved it, I guess, with Celtic, even though it's a bit of a farmer's yeah, league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he got back-to-back well, trebles I mean, or something, so that's decent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he, did, he basically he, he did, the did best what he, he was expected to do. Yeah, yeah he, he did. He did. He maximised what he could do, didn't he? He pretty much won every trophy without anyone else winning one yeah. for two yeah. seasons. Pretty much. So, but you know, bringing it back though to, to Klopp, I mean, yeah. the transformation in in the amount of time. I know people will think four years is a long time, but we know how fast that can go in football. Mm. One or two bad windows, you can write off a year. And what he's done and what he's got out of players. I know in recent times you talk about Allison and Van Dyke coming in for mega books and being the last pieces of the puzzle. But you should look. I, I know he wasn't the one who gave Trent his debut, but look how much he's come on mm-hmm. in that position. Mm-hmm. Look at the development of Andy Robertson. Players that were I mean what Robertson was what, eight million, if I remember right, something million. like that. And we sold Kevin so Stewart to them for eight million. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's that, absolutely I mean, ridiculous, isn't the, it? The trade yeah. of the century, really. I, You've got players yeah. now doing things that you wouldn't have imagined. You've got Henderson playing in a completely different way than when he was he was a few years younger and a few and a Van Alden as well. Completely different type of player. In Newcastle, he made his name on being a ten, really, a goal mm-hmm. scoring well, advanced midfielder, or at least he scored goals goals at home, but never away. Now he hardly ever scores unless it's an important <laughs> game, but he, he does a completely different job. And the he work does. that yeah. Klopp has done with him has turned him into into one of the best in his position. It's not flashy, but it completely works. And everything, you can talk about things like happening for a reason. Everything's fallen into place. Anyone could have signed Mane. Anyone could have signed Salah for, what, 30 million, something like that. Firmino mm-hmm. was similar. But the development and bringing it all together and actually getting the most out of those players is... I mean, who else does that job? It's impeccable what's happened there. Especially at us, oh, given I mean, the time. The squad he walked into was pretty poor, to Yeah, be it was fair. bad. It wasn't good, was it? And like you said, he started getting the best out of the players at his disposal and then adding pieces to it. And again, improving the pieces that he brought in. But the Trent one, I, I remember when he started at Old Trafford under Klopp. <clears throat> and I was like, wow, okay, that's risky. And he actually played really well, because obviously this was probably the beginning of the end of Klein. I think he just got yeah. another injury. Uh, Trent started to play. Obviously, started showing um, improvement, and obviously, what a talent he's going to be. And uh, well, he's only he's only twenty one now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm uh, speaking like he's it, a finished article now. He can get better. That's that's yeah. mad. I, I think for me, when you're talking about them two, obviously Robertson and Trent Arnold, arguably the best left back and right back in the world right now. I, I don't think many people. Well, you will get everyone, obviously. Well, I don't know, actually. I mean, Alfonso Davis, obviously, at Bayern Munich as well, is a brilliant player. Mm-hmm. But you could argue maybe with him and Robertson are the best too. But on the, I don't I don't see any right back that's as good as Alexander Arnold at the minute, to be honest with you. I know some people say, oh, defensively, but he offers just so much going forward. And yeah, defensively, he probably could still maybe work in his game a little bit. That's one area of maybe to improve to be literally like an elite, you know, right back. Mm-hmm. But. But that, that's, I, I I mean, think, not to yeah. talk it down, but that's the easy no. part. It's a lot easier to work defensively, I think, and oh, yeah, get a little no, bit more. The more he plays, yeah. the more he develops. Like Luke said, he's 21. I know he's been in the team for a long time, but I don't think you can teach that quality that he has going forward. I don't think you can just get a player and, and let them play like that. I mean, hmm. 
I watched, this is a random example, but I watched Serge Aurier the other night kick the ball into the box about 40 times and didn't even come close. Trent gets yeah. the ball, whips yeah, the ball Trent's... into the box. Inevitably, it's a goal. Like it, it, The standard and the quality that he set, the bar is so high at that position. I think he will for me work it's... defensively, he will get a bit better, but that attacking yeah. threat is, is Danny Alves-esque from back in the day. It really is. Yeah, I think, um, I think for me, the... I think Trent Alexander-Arnold is a generational talent in terms of like, I think he he I think he it would have been a big surprise if he hadn't come through under any manager to be honest it would have been a failing because he is his talent is remarkable hmm. I think the biggest so I'd, I I'm not sure that's the biggest thing I'd say why Klopp's so I think the reason Klopp's such a great elite manager to me is look at Andy Robertson on the other side for me that's the one where you go how on earth, how has he made him the be, you know at times the best left back in the world it's, this guy came from Hull for eight million pound like <laughs> and maybe it was an oversight by other people he clearly obviously Andy Robson has got immense talent as well but I think for me it's just it's remarkable that someone's no one else picked him up no one else thought oh this guy's could be a world everyone probably I thought think, oh he's going to end up being a you know a decent Premier League left back but the system suits him though as well if you think about yeah. what is like Andy Robertson's strength and it's his stamina tenacity mm. aggression Everything the Klopp wants in a player. Now, you say other people might have missed it, but I couldn't imagine him fitting into other people's system. If he's under more pressure defensively, then he might be found yeah. out more. But obviously in the Klopp team, where there's more freedom with the fullbacks to push forward and use their stamina. Mm. And like I said, aggression. He, I think that the system really has played its part as well, and obviously Klopp getting the best out of him. Same with people like Henderson. Henderson gets so much stick because he's not a, yeah. a technician. Yeah, but he doesn't need to be. Not in a Klopp no, system. No, he just does his job. No, He does what he has um, to do and he does it very well. And that is why yeah. Klopp trusts him I think, so um, I think as well, the thing about Klopp, you've got to, you've got to look at the signings that have been made in the last five years. Okay, not 100% I would say have worked, but at least 80% have worked, haven't they? The signings, I'd say. And that's remarkable to have a success rate of that. I mean, the one I'd argue probably, I'd say Naby Keita, mm, not convinced by him for the money he came for at the minute, but he's still got time on his hands. But I'd say that's the one sign where I'm like, eh, not sure. But the rest of them, let's be honest, they've all worked. Mm. Fabinho, great, a brilliant signing. A fantastic defensive midfielder. The Ox. Van Dijk, the Ox. obviously. Yeah, Oxley Shaman, I mean, how much did you get him for? It wasn't much, was it? I think it was, 20 million? No, I think it was 35. And I remember people oh, it was a taking bit more, the mick yeah. on social oh, yeah. media, saying that it was an awful sign. It was like, nah, he's a He's been unlucky with injuries as well, hasn't he? Like, he's been unlucky with his injuries. So he probably would have had a bigger impact if uh, he'd have been fit. I think you look at Van Dyke. I mean, people say, oh, that was an obvious signing, but it, was it an obvious signing? I seem to remember a lot of people saying steer, steer clear of it when Liverpool were uh, looking at him in that summer. Do you remember when it was like heavily rumoured? And they obviously, Liverpool had to kind of apologise, didn't they, for what, what was it? Like, tapping they, up. Uh, tapping <laughs> up, yeah. Basically. Yeah, they had to apologise to Southampton. Probably had to pay a bit more money because of that as well. But um, I do remember people being like, oh, I'm not sure about Van Dyke. He's only done it in Scotland and all this. And it was like, Liverpool had the, had the foresight to go, no, we're doing this. We're, we can see this guy's an immense player, mm. um, even if others can't. So um, that was obviously a brilliant signing. Obviously, Robertson and Robertson was an amazing signing. Trent coming through the youth system and absolutely excelling. I'll throw, I'll um, throw another player. He wasn't a signing. And this might no. sound weird to some because he's still not great. But Jurgen Klopp's definitely improved Lovren as well. If you look at Lovren yeah. in that first yeah. year under Rodgers, do you remember that video mm. going around of him, Perks? When, it was, uh, when your legs don't work anymore. 
and yeah. he's like yeah. falling over the None ball. That, yeah. And he's yeah. Trying shots <laughs> from thirty-five yards. I think I honestly feel like Klopp's improved him as a defender now. That will probably be a play a lot part uh, would be Van Dyke, obviously, because mm. I think Van Dyke makes anyone. What? I mean, he probably made me look okay to a certain point yeah. if I played alongside him. But I think Lovren has come on a little bit under him. He's still, you know, not great, but as a squad yeah. defender, he's okay. He gets a lot of stick as well. I think yeah. as well. He's still, still we... going to make David Luiz ask mistakes, isn't he? But I know what you mean. Generally, his game has come on. But I think everyone's has because ultimately they wouldn't be there if they hadn't because mm. that's what Klopp's done. And that's what I like. Obviously, he brought in Karius to replace Mignolet. Gave him a chance. It didn't work out. No messing around. We need better. It's going to cost mm. us money. We'll go and do it then. That, well, that is the only way that you'd catch a team like City. It's just being ruthless. And that's what he's going to continue to have to be. Because we all know it's difficult to win the league, but it's even harder to retain mm. it and go again. So yeah, that that's a massive interest point for me now. Where do you go next? How do you improve? And then in what position? I think. Um, well, I think. I think actually we were probably a little bit disingenuous towards Allison, not even mentioning him because he's been an absolutely crucial did. part. No, I mean like It'd be disingenuous so all you want. I named. I named him. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I mean, we took so long to even mention him. He probably should have been one of the uh, the first people to mention because. He's just been brilliant, hasn't he, for Liverpool? He's been a world-class goalkeeper. I mean, I actually remember having a conversation with you, Luke, about this. Do you remember the summer where it was like, oh, they might sign Jack Butler? Mm. And I remember, and, you, and we were just day. both like, no, what a stupid <laughs> idea that is. And I was just, I remember saying to you, I don't know why Liverpool don't just go all out and get Alisson. Mm-hmm. I literally vividly remember saying it. And I, and I think you said, oh, I, they probably can't afford him or something like that. Or I don't think Klopp will go for him. But, you know, and then I think this might have been just before that. What was that game where Car- did Carrier's player friendly? And yeah, made like three Trummy. mistakes or something. Trummy. Yeah, and it was awful. Game. Horrible. And literally, <laughs> Klopp from that moment must have thought mistakes. he must have thought, no, go and get just go and get Allison. Just go and I get think, him. Because, to be honest, the the, you know? the way Liverpool fans were probably skeptical about him signing Allison, not because Klopp didn't want him. Klopp probably no. wants a lot of players, but because yeah. he's got an eye for talent, but. Liverpool had just spent seventy-five million on Van Dyke. Mm. Now, what people t- I know people always throw out oh, Liverpool do spend money. They do spend money, but they sell to spend. Yeah. So you're thinking then, well, if we've already spent seventy-five million, are we really going to fork out another? Mm. I mean, what did I? Was- it wasn't even like seventy mil. It was around the yeah, same. Yeah, they were sort a combined of price. almost hundred fifty. Yeah, hundred and fifty yeah, million. But I mean, at the end of the day, look what it's it? won you. So yeah, yeah. It was I mean, it. But even if it wasn't the Coutinho fee, look what it's won you. You've made the money back. Yeah, oh yeah. Champions Not all League, of it, but you've started to make the money back. Like, this is what annoys me sometimes when people say like about spending. It's like, yeah, but spending can get, can earn you money as well. Like, if you mm. win things, you're earning money. You're earning more money from sponsors. I mean, look look at the difference, right? I I don't know the exact details because I'm not a businessman, but I bet you any money. You look at 2015 Liverpool's income and look at it in 2020. It'll be night and day. But we actually made a profit. The didn't income. We? <laughs> and didn't year. you make more money? Was it you made more money than United? Last year, I believe so. In terms of income or something, there was some stat. I remember that because I remember. Yeah, there was some stat it, but... that we made because um, because obviously we announced the biggest profits, didn't we? The net of everyone. I think you made more. Yeah, or was it Spurs? Profit? Yeah, I think we made more than Spurs. Just about. I think you made more pounds. income, didn't you? In general, though, like in total, didn't you make like five hundred and something million or something like that? In terms of total I revenue, don't remember the figures off the top revenue. of my head without looking. Yeah, because like the Champions League win and all that, and the two Champions League finals in a row and stuff. So, you know, people can, you know, people are going to say now, like, oh, but if you start spending now, it's not, 
it's because you've got the money now. You'll have you've earned the money to spend the money now, mm. because you can. You'll probably you can afford to spend more now without having to sell. Yeah, I still, I still don't think that'll be the case, though, because of the model. No. FSG have well, seemed have to have uh, yeah, set their store with this. I, Yeah, it does seem like there was rumours Liverpool aren't going to spend much in the summer, which is a little bit strange. And I thought you maybe wanted to... I mean, your squad's, you know, you've got a great squad and the first team's obviously pretty much immaculate at the minute. But I'd have thought Klopp would have probably secretly wants to spend a bit of money, I think. Well, let's be honest. I, think he, I don't think he'd want to stand still. Yeah. Yeah, and then there was a report like Sky saying like Liverpool were in for him. It's like they were, they were in for him. Mm-hmm. Let's not pretend they were. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. just that Chelsea pumped, you know, stumped up the cash, didn't they? Basically, and probably offered him a higher wage. Apparently, he's on two hundred and seventy grand a week, isn't he? Yeah, that's a rumored fee. Um, there's no way Liverpool would figure. have offered that in a million years. Nope, not a chance. Because they probably offered just maybe think of it. Like that, if but... Liverpool did offer that though, I know Liverpool fans are upset we didn't sign Burn, and so am I. You'd have been great. Yeah. But yeah. if you're offering him 270 grand a week, the hierarchy of that club of players, they're all mm. going to be talking. They'll be like, what? I'm only on 150. I mean, I say only, you know, to us, that would be amazing. But in the situation of sport, but there would be a rift, I reckon, through the squad because money does play on a lot of people. Well, everyone minds. would be on much higher sterner clauses. You can imagine yeah. Alisson yeah. would all of a sudden have 300k. So would Van Dijk, Salah, Firmino, Mane. The list just goes on. It would it would completely destroy the model that's created. The it's only the thing that them. I think it's important to say, though, on, on the whole, where do you go from here and stuff? We've seen it in the past. Chelsea did it one year and City have also done it one year as well, where no improvement was made throughout the squad. I'm not saying they didn't sign anybody, but they didn't bring in mm. anybody of any real quality. Mm. And you saw it in the next season. It it really worked against them. And the other teams, they may have only had to bring in one or two. They may have only had to improve one or two. But the standard that went from Chelsea winning the league, I can't remember the exact year that it happened, but the following year they where they finished 10th or 13th. Under or whatever Mourinho, it was, wasn't it? Disaster. City mm. have fell away before and not retained through yeah. not adding quality. And someone to come in where everyone's comfortable and everyone thinks we can't really improve anything there, we're fine. Someone walks through the door that's a statement signing and all of a sudden everyone perks up a bit and everyone thinks, actually, we mean business now. We just won the league at a canter and my place is under threat. It gets more out of people and I think that's where Liverpool need to go rather than just a few signings here or there. Make make a statement of intent. Bring someone in with real quality now. No, I completely agree. It, well, you don't want to rest on your laurels. because I was going to bring up, um, when we were talking about spending and missing out on Werner, I was going to also bring up Koulibaly because he was heavily linked with Liverpool about three or four weeks ago, was it? He was. There was quite a lot of rumours. Yeah, I know, but I mean, what I mean is it's funny how it shifted because I, I, I think there was a time where they were saying Liverpool might be the favourites to sign him, but since that, well, there was like an announcement on there basically saying like in the reports, like, oh, Liverpool, because of the coronavirus, they're not going to be spending much in the this, summer. This is going to sound then, crazy. I don't want him. No. Because, uh, hear me out first though, I I really like Joe Gomez and he's younger and I'd like to see him given another chance uh, with a long stretch in the yeah. first team next season with Van Dijk, create that partnership. Uh, well, solidify it even more because they've been pretty much very good together. And if you're going to strengthen the squad, I think we should strengthen other areas. Yeah, they've said that, haven't they? Yeah, I did hear that. And I, I yeah. just think Kudabali, what is he, 28, 29? 29 now, yeah. Um, I'd rather it's funny though because let Gomez have another run. It's funny though, isn't it? How like the same player, like for two different type of teams, can be like needed or not needed. Because I think for City, he'd be 100% needed. 
I actually oh, really yeah. want City to sign him. Like, I, and I know people might say, oh, 29. I mean, the rumoured price is like 70 million. It's like, oh, that is a lot of money for a 29-year-old. But for what we need right now, City, I, I don't care if you get three only three years out of him. I think it's worth three years yeah. if he's world-class. Well, the, the biggest, like, actually uh, does a world-class job. Biggest example yeah. of that, isn't it, back in the day was Van Persie to United. Yeah, one season. exactly. One in the league. That's all the they league. wanted. Fergie was able yeah. to retire happy. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it depends, like you said, different clubs, different situations. Mm. Like, I think he'd be great signing for City. He'd be a great signing for Liverpool as well. But he'd I be an like amazing signing for Liverpool as well, yeah. I think... City would probably yeah. definitely benefit more from him, I think. Mm. It, it's funny though, isn't it? You talk about, like, I, I agree with you about Gomez. I think, obviously, sign, if Liverpool signed Koulibaly, Joe Gomez is probably thinking, what, what are you doing? Because it's like, you know, I'm there ready, but... I, I don't know. I, I do think, though, if you signed Koulibaly, you'd be even more unstoppable. <laughs> It'd be such a... You'd be like Van Dijk and Koulibaly at the back. Like, wow. That'd be like... I mean, yeah, it's like a dream I mean, team it'd be ridiculous. pairing, isn't it? But... I, but I do agree. I, I can't see... With the way Klopp is, I I can't see him signing wanting to sign... I mean, I'm sure he wants to sign Koulibaly because of the quality of him, but not for 70 million. Mm. Not, not when know, Joe Gomez hasn't done no. anything wrong as such. No. I remember at the start no. of the season, I actually thought Matip would keep his place after how strong Same. he was. Gomez played against mm. Norwich, didn't do very well, to be perfectly honest, on the opening day. He spent that time out with injury. Then he came back in that run where Liverpool, you'd struggled to keep a few clean sheets, I think, around the midway point. He yeah. came back in, made that partnership, and then it all just came together again. Now, I'm not saying he was the he was the bedrock of that. But he was a part of it. And I think when he's fit, when he's got that run of games, and Van Dijk will be happy to play with the same player rather than chopping and changing, I'm sure the team will. So I think Gomez deserves yeah. a chance. Um, it, it's not like he's old. He hasn't had chance after chance after chance. It's not like he's a John Stones. Um, I don't see Liverpool <laughs> turning their back on him yet. I mean, give him another maybe year or two. And if he hasn't quite come on enough, then yeah, you talk about signing another Van Dijk to mm. go with him. But nah, that, I, I'd stick with Gomez 100%. I think the thing is as well with the Koulibaly thing is, I think the reason City probably have an advantage in this signing anyway, compared to Liverpool, even if both of us him, would be the fact that City are going to be looking to sell Stones, 100%. I've got no doubt about it. Stones, I don't think Stones will be there next season. I think he'll get sold to an Arsenal and Everton or whoever's been in not after Newcastle. Not after not seeing him play a game yet. I don't think he's played anyway. And seeing him pictured with a Magnum. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was strange, wasn't it? What a weird thing that was. But no, yeah. I, I think someone probably... I think I think a club would come in for Stones as much criticism as he's had. I think, he, I, think, I, I think we'll end up selling him. So if you're talking about getting a bit of money back for him, or Mendy as well, is he going to go? I'd hope so, to be you're honest. You're not going to have any centre-backs at this rate. It's Laporte <laughs> on his own. Yeah. No, because if you think about it, it's actually quite... No, it's easy to work out, really. You get rid of Otamendi and Stones, you bring in a top-quality centre-back. You've still got Fernandinho there as well. You've got the young lad Garcia. There's your fourth centre-back. I don't think you can... Not much doubt. Uh, that, it, no. I think, you know what, no the, I think that'll happen. The I, biggest I, mistake... I mean, Maybe Pep Guardiola doesn't make many. The biggest One's mistake go. is going into this season with centre-backs that he couldn't trust and not enough of them in that position. But that's why so, I think they'll go. So I think I mean, he doesn't trust not many. He doesn't trust Stone, it's obvious. And if he doesn't trust them, what's the point yeah. of being there? Well, you may as well throw a kid in. Like... You may as well trust a kid because what's the... Like, and to be honest, from what I've seen from Eric Garcia, is he going to be much worse than what Armandy and Stones have done? No. So is it a risk? I'm not Putting sure. Putting them is. in the lottery machine there, aren't you? And seeing like what you get out of them. I think oh. it's, it's what happens. But I, I can't see you just completely ridding every centre back that you currently have, bar like Laporte and, and Garcia. 
I do agree. Like, uh, I mean, I was just going on to the point that Pep should never have trusted them to be the first names on the team sheet and, and fill company's shoes. It, it's not going to happen again. He won't make that mistake again. Probably not going to get rid of them both, in my opinion. One of them at least can go because they don't contribute enough. But I think, look at what's happened with this season. With, with an injury to Laporte then, again, or whoever else comes in, you leave yourself again with only three in that position. It, it, it hasn't worked. I think you need one as the, the fifth choice, even if they go behind Garcia. Mm. Sign two centre-backs, mm. sign a Laporte partner and sign someone that's very capable. Don't don't rest on your laurels with that again. It feels like yeah. they got burned this mm. season so badly by it that they they won't do that again. Because sometimes yeah. you see this happen, don't you? And clubs kind of get away with it. And they might win something yeah. or challenge and they come close. So people, it kind of papers over the cracks. Whereas this one, I think it's been pretty hmm. obvious that you've missed Laporte massively. And then the depth oh, yeah. centre-back was not there to cover his, uh, you know, the, the big void that he left. So I, I agree I mean, with Perks. I don't Fernandinho think should not have played centre-back this season. No, no, he shouldn't. No, I mean, he shouldn't have been playing defensive midfield. Which yeah. is best <laughs> like, Rod, Rodri's you know, played at centre-back a couple of times. Yeah. Come on, like... It just you shouldn't have that as a as a as a an ultimate thing that happens. Well, at another any thing, point. you know, another thing about this season is that you could make a case that the introduction of Rodri has also disrupted things because, you know, you look at last season with Fernandinho. I mean, there wasn't really a problem there, was there? Um, there wasn't really a problem there. I mean, he, he, we won the title two twice in a row with the, with Fernandinho as the defensive holding player. Now I know Gundogan had the odd game there as well, and Fernandinho was injured. Etc. Mm-hmm. But the introduction of Rodri has actually created a bit of a problem, I think. And it's not Rodri's fault. It's not his fault, really. You know, because he's just, you know, he's doing his, you know, trying to do his job. And I just don't think he's, he doesn't, he's not the same type of player as Fernandinho. He doesn't pull up, out the fires in the same way that Fernandinho did. You know, he, Rodri's just not the same type of, like that type of player. I think Rodri needs more help in there. Whereas Fernandinho, he's more capable of doing things on his would own it, at times. Would it know? not be, though, that Rodri just needs more time to adapt to the system? Yeah, he does. He needs Whereas to learn. Fernandinho yeah, is so integrated into it yeah. now that yeah. well, it comes, it's second nature to him where what he needs to do mm. in situations. So yeah. yeah, Rodri, you'd imagine Rodri will improve next season, but I don't think he's even been bad necessarily this season. He's, he, but he's not been great. You know, he's, yeah, he's been okay. You know, he's done a decent job in some games, not a great job in others. So first season, he'll be better next season, I'm sure, but what will also help him, I agree with what Luke just said as well, he does need a bit more time to integrate, but the, the mess that's been going on around him, behind him at centre-back, oh, you yeah. need that partnership and it just hasn't happened. You remember when Fabinho no. first played for Liverpool, I remember the Arsenal away game, mm. he looked like a fish out of water, he looked like he was a million miles away. Yeah. And now look, it's steady team around nice. him, one of the best in his position. I think Rodri's mm. well capable, just needs a bit of stability to shine. I think that's actually been one oh, of uh, Klopp's main strengths is a lot of the times, it's the same with like Robertson as well and even the Ox. A lot of the times when he's bought new players, he's took a while to give them a proper yeah. run in the team. Because do you remember Robertson? He came and everyone's like, well, I'm guessing he's going to be foot start. And then Moreno played until he got injured. Yeah. Um, and he gives I... them time to adapt to the system. And now that is a luxury you have if you're winning, obviously. I think yeah. obviously if uh, Pep could have done, I think he'd have done the same. Had Fernandinho I agree. started in I think... defensive mid and slowly no, brought I in Rodri. Agree. But he never did. And this is the problem with this centre-back problem, though, isn't it? Because we had to put Fernandinho at centre-back, it didn't allow Rodri time to... Ad- it, Rodri had to be thrown in straight away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Because we we didn't have anyone else there. I mean, all right, you could argue Gundogan. Maybe, maybe Gundogan could have played more in the sixth role. Maybe, maybe that's Pep's mistake this season. Maybe Gundogan should have started there. 
and then slowly introduce Rodri. Because, um, like I said, I, I, I'll fight anyone on this. Gundogan is <laughs> ten times the player as a number six, and he is as number eight. He is. He's a, he's a much better player in that defensive role than as a number eight. He, as a number eight, he doesn't have the legs for it, and he's just not as disciplined. For some for some strange reason, he just doesn't have the same discipline when he's an eight as he is when he's a six. He doesn't seem to be able to have the same discipline needed as an eight as he does as he can manage as a six. So a running theme. This every time we talk about City, you end up on Gundogan. <laughs> I know because it's a, because I feel like it's a pe- oversight from Pep. It's an oversight. For me, and I do think the Gundogan it's a problem. Mm. It's a problem because I think Gundogan this season actually at times played really well. I do. I think especially as a number six role. But you look back and you this season, there's that stat about when Gundogan and Rodri played together. Eighty percent of our losses have been when them two have played together. Like that is a damning stat, whatever you say. Like it is, and it is. A, I can't be the only one, surely, that has seen this as a problem when them two play together. I mean, we've all talked about it this season, but it. it Together, they're just not mobile enough to play together, in my opinion. You need that, someone that, that... Yeah, you lose a little bit of dynamism when you've got those mm. two. Because obviously, if Gundogan is the six, then Rodri's not going to play in advance of him. But no. if Rodri's deep, then Gundogan can. So mm. you, you, two of your three midfield players, then sure, you can have De Bruyne as the third. But even if he's not in there, then you've got, say, David Silva or the very few times mm. Bernardo's played there this season. Foden's had, like, what, two? Two starts there, something like that. It's not enough. on the wing, Foden. Yeah, so I, I think it's a bit too samey. I don't think it's got anything to do with their quality, but no, perhaps lacking a little bit of dynamism and a little bit of difference in in terms of what they can bring going forward. And mm. yeah, though, I mean, look, Gundogan doesn't have great pace, and when he's in the eight, you rely more on technical mm. ability. Mm-hmm. Well, before yeah. we uh, wrap up the pod, I want to ask you guys opinions then next season. I'm yep. assuming we all think that it will not be a 20-plus gap at this point. Well, at, at this point in the season, not. it should be over. So hopefully no more pandemics. But yep. um, you know what I mean. So what do you think for next well, season? you think Liverpool can... Well, do you think Liverpool will retain? Or do you think that City are going to put I, more of a fight? I certainly think... Obviously, Liverpool can retain. I mean, there's no doubt. There wouldn't be a shock to me if Liverpool did retain next season. I do think... if. The, let me tell you now, if there's another gap of 23 points next season, City have done something drastically wrong in the transfer market mm. I and guess, digress backwards. I guess just no Cass excuse. could have a big uh, part to play in that. The yeah, market. I mean, that's true. If we're not in the Champions League, you would say City's chance of winning the league must go up by double. I mean, having no Champions League football whatsoever. Mm. I, well, I guess there's two ways of looking at it. There's the way of like we might not be able to sell the players we want, which would harm us, but there's also the fact that we would have nothing else to play for apart from the league, pretty much. And that's if you keep your best players. Yeah, true. It depends on how long the ban is. If it's one year, I don't... See, people I think like there's going to be some fire sale if we have a one... If there's a one-year ban, I don't really envisage many problems with players leaving mm-hmm. top players. I think if there's a two-year ban, yeah, then I would definitely be more worried about certain players. If there's a no two-year ban, then you keep it not forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bit Omendi and Stones next season, probably yeah. things like... 14 plus something, but uh, no, I'd worry about the likes of Sterling and De Bruyne and who play. Like, I think there'd obviously be players that stay, not everyone's going to leave, even with a two year ban, but I'd be worried about certain players. So well, it does in, depend on that. But in this scenario, yeah. let's just say that you get away with it and you're not banned. Right. You think uh, you're feeling confident. If we get away season. with them, we're not banned. I definitely think it'll be closer. I can't imagine there being a 23 point gap again. I just can't imagine that just happening, to be honest, again. Um, 
But I don't know. It it does depend on. It's so hard to predict now. We you know we talk about Liverpool City, but there might be other teams involved next season. Maybe Chelsea will bound. You know, think that they can win the like league next season with the signings they've made. They've made two good signings, haven't they already? They have. You know? They need to. In my I opinion, mean, though, they still need a goalkeeper and a couple of defenders. Yeah, true. Yeah, hundred. But who knows? They've got the money. They we know they've got the money because they didn't spend anything last summer, so they've got the money to do it. Maybe they will go and sign a top class goalkeeper. Who knows? Mm. You know. So, I, I hope, obviously, as a neutral, I mean, you guys won't want it to be close. You'll want to win the league at cancer individually, but I'm I'm praying for something better than this. I don't enjoy it when it's like this in terms of the, the top two. The rest of the league mm. can still be exciting, but for me and, and any other neutral, this is not this is not the best season in terms of excitement coming to the end. But you, you I, want a I am like excited to see what Liverpool do. What was that? You want a season like 2001-2. Where was it like? Wasn't the top four, the top four separate like four points by the end of the season? Yeah. Something ridiculous. I, I want yeah. there the, to be 34, 35 games played and think, yeah. well, we can still have one of six win the league or something crazy like that. That would be perfect. Can but... I just say, just to interrupt for a second, weren't Newcastle in the title race in that 2001-2 season? I'm sure like four games ago, they, they could still win the league. That was that crazy Bobby Robson season. Probably. Where they were in the title race. They finished third in the end, didn't they? In 2001-2, I think. Uh, if I'm right. Or maybe it's the season before, but it was now. a crazy title. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a <laughs> long crazy time title ago. race. But yeah. for next season, I think, I'm, I'm really interested to see what Liverpool and City do. I don't expect either will stand still. The gap, you would think, in, an, in a, what you'd call a normal season, would be a little bit closer. But really, who knows? If Liverpool are relentless like that, they're going to take some catching, just as City were the year before. And then you've got what you'd call the fresh teams in terms of what Chelsea are going to do. God knows what Arsenal are going to do. I mean, I wouldn't trust them as far as I could throw them, but Arteta is going to come in with his first full season. And who knows? Who knows? It, miracles do happen, but I'm not like Sud. I'm not an Arsenal cheerleader. Um, United, we know, have come on a long way. And I think a lot of United fans will be, I was going to say, quietly optimistic, but I think they'll be loudly optimistic going into next season if they can continue to build. Tottenham's still a wild card to me. We don't know where Mourinho's at. We don't know where most of their key players will be. Really, everything points to it being an amazing season because there's so many variables. And I just hmm. pray for pray for a good title race, pray for no pandemic, and, and surely it will be a good year. And uh, I'll pray for a retain, Liverpool retaining. So yeah. we'll see how it all plays out, I'm sure. But uh, that does bring the end to the podcast. So thanks for listening as always. And if you are listening to us on YouTube, please like, subscribe and comment with your thoughts on, uh, well, yeah, Liverpool winning the league. Um, is there an asterisk next to the title for you? Or, you know, <laughs> is it just a normal title win? I'm sure there'll be plenty out there who think there's an asterisk. But, but actually, Perks, neutral. Asterisk or no asterisk? No. No, okay. Yeah, Luke, like I'm not a neutral, and I don't. I think it's ridiculous that people say it's an asterisk. So there you go. Thanks, lads. That makes me feel a lot stupid. <laughs> but yeah, and yeah. if you are listening to us on any audio platform, please also leave us a nice review and pass on the pod. Uh, you can follow the World Sports Book Competition on social media: Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at World Sports Book Competition. Links in the description below. And we'll be back next week to discuss some more football news. Have a good week. Bye, guys. Bye, bye. See ya. This is the World Sportsbook Competition Podcast brought to you by Avantage Entertainment.